Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. Dot .fm to get started. Peace. Hey guys, how's it going? Seth, another solo episode today. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, co-host of the Amazing Anatomy of Marriage podcast. You know that cuz you're listening already. Today, I got a chance to interview Rich Jones of Paychecks and Balances and you guys This is a solo episode, just me and another dude talking, but it's not just for the men. It's for the ladies. Man, it is such a rich conversation. I call it a a cold chill conversation because there were several times, especially at the end, where we both were just like, oh my gosh, that's gold, man. That is so relevant and so important, not only for men, but for people, all of all genders, I guess, I don't know, to hear what we're saying, to be authentic, to be your real selves to go get help if you need it, and to just put it out there, right? We talk about Brene Brown, vulnerability, all kinds of stuff. It's inspiring. And we didn't even talk about money, which is his jam. So there's going to be a part two to this, guys. I am uh, So check it out. Rich Jones. Enjoy the conversation. It's going to be a good one. All right. What's up, guys? This show is brought to you by getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. Go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get hooked up with a real licensed counselor or therapist just like me to talk about anxiety possible depression adjustments there's things that are confusing right now you feel overwhelmed you need to go talk to a counselor so go talk to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy marriage to talk to someone just like me to get some things off your chest right it's completely confidential you can do it from home it takes most insurances so it's not a whole lot of -of out-of-pocket costs guys millions and millions of people are going to getfaithful.com to get the help they need. So go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy marriage to get the help you need. All right, let's do this. Rich, my man, how's it going, bud? It is going well. It is going awesome. well. Thankful to be alive, practicing all my gratitudes, everything else in the morning. So I am feeling good and appreciate you having me. Nice. So thank you so much for, for coming on. We were uh, kind of 
jamming a little bit and I was like, man, I wish we'd recorded this stuff because we were talking about therapy and transformation and different stories and all kinds of stuff. And I think so many people uh, find that helpful right now just to, well, okay, I'll dive in. For, for me, I find a lot of help by, by seeing what other people are doing. Like, oh, what's your success routine or what's your business model? Or what do you think about this? And uh, just just hearing other people's stories, okay, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and then taking that and making it your own. But we can we can jam on that. But for our listeners who uh, may not know your work and who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, just a, a quick intro and bio, if you don't mind. Yeah, by night and weekend, and now more so by day, uh, I host the Paychecks and Balances podcast and uh, manage the Paychecks and Balances brand where... Uh, it's shifting to showing people what's possible because as I'm moving through seasons in my life, uh, I'm thinking a lot more about not just how work and money intersect with life, but how everything else in life inter- impacts the way that you interact with work and money. And uh, I know I've had some challenges and things that I've overcome and uh, inspiration and empowerment are really big things for me. So it's it's a, a big focus on showing people what's possible, what can be done and uh, also, how to learn from a lot of the mistakes that people make financially, professionally, and in life along the way. Yeah, yeah. And it's such, I mean, your, your work is so cool. And it, it's funny because just a little backstory um, for our listeners. You and I, well, Melanie was there too. We met at a Dave Ramsey influencer event yep. in Nashville. October, yep. in Nashville in 2019, right? right? I think it was. It was like right, so. right before right before COVID. I, I think it was, I looked back in the notes. I was like, yeah, that was October of 2019 because I was all, you know, we were all it was. Up, like, yeah, we're, we're going to Ramsey and all this stuff. And just, you know, meeting you there and a bunch of other influencers and stuff. And like, just, I was like, oh, that dude's cool. I want to like get to know him and his work. So, you know, we hung out just a little bit there and then kept in touch over the time. But I remember that time. Have you, had you ever been to something like that with, with Ramsey or, or anything else? like that before because for me it was just like this is trippy what what are we doing here kind of thing yeah what, what did you think about that yeah I mean I've been doing conferences related to digital media really since like 2011 going uh, all mm-hmm. the way back so I'm I'm used to going to events like that I think the level of thought care and everything else that was put into that event was phenomenal. And it was something that kind of came out yeah. of left field. Like, hey, we'd like to invite you down. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to come down and have that experience. Yeah. And uh, what's also interesting is, is we met there, but I knew who you and Melanie were prior to that because I heard you on Kev on Stage's podcast. How, however, like oh, that okay. was like two years. It, that was like a while ago and during a different season in my life. And someone actually pointed yeah. me to that <laughs> because of oh, something that I was, I was dealing with at the time. So Uh, I think even the fact that I was following along for so long and then we met in person and then, you know, we're, we're, we're connecting today. You know, I I think there are reasons behind that. Uh, But one thing that really stuck with me from that time down there, and I I was telling you this before is Dave, and I know he has all sorts of views and such, but he said he was talking about the importance of, of having a message that you can't stop shouting and uh and and the story that you want to tell to the world and that kind of planted the seed in a lot of ways for i think what i'm experiencing right now and when i talk about showing people what's possible i think that gets into a lot of the things that i've never talked about publicly before but that have played an instrumental role in me being able to get to where i am today yeah so 
we we tried to do this last week and zoom was just you know tripping out and stuff but you had alluded to yeah that that one that that seed that ramsey uh had had planted in one of his talks and we were there what was that for you like what was that one thing like oh i gotta shout this and I got a feeling that it wasn't all just about like paychecks and balances. It was, it was something deeper, something like, Oh yeah, this has been starting me for a minute. I got to talk about this. Can we, can we just dive straight into that? Yeah, we can get right into it because one of the exercises they gave us there was to what was it, do a two minute story, three minute story. There, there was something that they gave us to do. And I was going to do yeah. something about like process and a friend was like, come on, you can do something deeper, something more uh, vulnerable than that. And I had never talked about uh, my previous engagement and like that ending. And I hadn't talked about uh, being emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, emotionally uh, unavailable. Mm -hmm. And uh, even bigger than that, and this realization, I think, came a little bit later on, was that I hadn't talked about the role that alcohol had played in my life and uh, how that had held me back. But then even beyond that, there's a reason that alcohol is a thing. You know, and so you mm-hmm. talk about family origin and there's a oh, whole yeah. world of stuff where, you know, having an alcohol, having an alcoholic parent, having a, a, what I'll say, old school mom, a boomer who believes in keeping things quiet in the house, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like going through things, not really talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I had two really loving parents, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, I, and I know part of it is also having the, the empathy to understand that they did the best that they could with what mm-hmm. they had. You know, and uh, even the part of the story like that people a lot of people don't know is that part of the reason that my dad ended up in New York is because when he was young, the KKK burned down his father's farm. And that's how they ended up in the in upstate New York. And so he would eventually have some of these different issues. And you can just imagine like I'm like if you just put yourself in the in the place of a child. Yeah. Property being burned down. And just like the the effect that something like that could have. And then I know, you know, my grandfather had different issues. And so mm-hmm. there are all of these things that are like so important that I've been working on for self. But I, I know in general, there's this idea of like breaking the cycle, which I, I think is part of like what I was really working towards is that we we all have cycles that we need to break. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be alcohol. It doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be porn. But there is usually something in our lives that if we could get that thing under control, it would open all sorts of other doors for us. And it could be something as simple as, you know, waking up earlier, uh, getting more in touch with spirituality, changing something in your daily routine. There are yeah. so many different things that, uh, that it could be. And like that message of, of breaking the cycle and just keep going, because that, yeah. <laughs> that's what I've done for so long is, is just keep going. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that uh, the younger me and people uh, who are going through whatever understand that it is possible to make some of these transformations and to bounce back from some of these obstacles and also to uh, overcome some of the things that may have been uh, seminal in terms of the the impact and, and the role that they had in our lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, w- when you say like, like bounce back, I'm just thinking, and I want to go back to the, the, uh, what state did your father live in when their, their farm got burned down? Mississippi, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. So deep South and I, I'm from South Carolina, you know, it's not, it's obviously not as far as like, you know, Mississippi yeah. or not, but I was telling you, you know, pre-call, I had done a lot of work in Indian country. My, my mom's native, my dad, I mean, um, my Melanie's dad is native. So all my work in out here in Seattle has been in Indian country. 
with uh, the BIPOC community and, you know, black and brown and mostly, well, mostly brown. But uh, knowing this stuff and really understanding it and then looking back in my own life and going, oh, shit. Uh, although, you know, I mean, in South Carolina, like I easily pass as white, right? In South Carolina, you were white or black kind of thing. But out here, it's like, oh, no, you're you're native, right? Okay, let's let's do whatever. And so it's a really different culture. But just thinking back in my own story, my mom, until she was like six or eight years old, she drew water from a well. This is my mom, you know what I'm saying? Like in the deep south, just like super dirt poor, dirt floors, and how that impacts me. And when you said like, oh yeah, how do we bounce back? But in some communities, it's like, well, not I'm not bouncing back. It's like, I got to get all this stuff out of my life and change and change for the generational and move forward. You know what I'm saying? It's not like bouncing back. Like, Oh, we started up here, started at the top. Now we're here. or started at the bottom. Now we're, it's like, no, we're away from that. So it's not even a bouncing back. It's like the first time bouncing up. Right. And all the upper mm. limit problems that can show up in our lives now, you know, like for me, it's like, Oh, what does a lot of money mean? You know, am I, is my character ready for a fat bank account is my character ready for this for this in fact i've got like i got moved by the spirit yesterday <laughs> not not really but I, I wrote something about like character and like you know all these things are trying to come to us but we're blocking them if our character isn't ready if our mind isn't ready if our spirit isn't ready and then even on the the pre-call and i'm i know i'm bouncing all around here oh, but dude. even on the pre-call stuff you said something i was like rich wait up that might be an upper limit problem kind of thing. Uh, do you remember what you were talking about? You remember what you said? Yeah, I know exactly what it was because I joked that I forgot I was talking to a therapist because it's something that my <laughs> therapist always is reminding me of. And that's this, mm-hmm. this concept of the, there's always a shoe waiting to drop mm-hmm. where uh, eventually like things are going so well. And I've been waiting and that's probably contributed to some of the angst that I've been feeling. And being able to now feel that angst because some alcohol freeze is a completely different challenge. <laughs> you're, you're not <laughs> um, numbed out. You're not checked out. Yeah, that, that, I'm, that I'm learning uh, day by day. But yeah, I, I was thinking that things have been going so well for, for so long that uh, eventually something was bound to come up. And it even went as far, I didn't tell you this, but it went as far as that when I, when I would get calls from home, I would just start getting anxious because a lot of times when I get calls from home, somebody is sick, somebody's died, something has had, that's just like, I have a lot of older folks in my family. That, that, that's just yeah. like the type of stuff that they talk about. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's stuff that, that, that can also bring my energy down. But yeah. uh, I found myself just like, kind of like waiting for something to happen. And then uh, last week, uh, uh, somebody that I knew for over a decade around the same age passed away. And it's been kind of weird to see all of the positive things that people have said about them. And I'm a really big believer in giving people their flowers while they're here, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I and, love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to, 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 to hear and see all of that. And then, you know, I had some other weird things that, that came up and even more recently, and this is where I think it becomes really upper limit. I'm also a big fan of the book, uh, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. I can't remember if that's yeah. where that's in there yep. or one of his things. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all actually think, I think put me onto that too. Um, and, uh, I noticed it, it got to a point that like, I'm starting to get all these like positive emails, rich. We want you to come speak at this rich. You have an opportunity to meet this person, rich. Can you do this? And like, I'm at the point of over, like, I I can admit that, that like, I'm at the point of overwhelm. And actually after this conversation, I'm heading to Hawaii 
but it started creating all of these like should i be doing this like do i need to be doing this other thing like am i overwhelmed am i as good at this as as i thought i was is this actually what i wanted this is what i've been wanting all my life and it's created like all these like different thoughts and then there's my partner and like what's her role in this you know because there's the relationship and then there's this world that i have and so it sounds like i'm rambling but that's also what the angst actually sounds like right you know right it's all these it's like um so we're doing a podcast right there's obviously a bunch of audio stuff here it's like a lot of channels all turned up at once and you're like okay let me make sense of this let me compartmentalize this here and put this here well i gotta get back to these people and i got these opportunities going on so what do i do so it's like how can we and i wasn't even planning about this well i kind of was but i got this awesome book in the mail a couple days ago it's like, how can we quiet those things down? Because it's like, oh, this is what we want. And this is, this is the life. People are, you know, asking me to speak here. I got these new clients coming on board. And it's just boom, boom, boom. But then we wake up and go, oh, wait, what, what is this, right? And so the book is called, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but the book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by mm. some guy, like this John Mark Comer. Um, and I think he's a pastor actually, but I don't, I don't even know. I didn't know him before, but it, I'm only in literally chapter one and I'm like, this is so golden right here. It, it, it's, it's already just a prologue. I was like, man, this has me thinking because like you, I'm like, okay, yeah, we got to get these clients and build this program and do this and help these, you know, this community out or do that or do that or build our show or all this, you know, fly to Nashville because Ramsey's, you know, whatever. Yeah. All this stuff. And I'm like, when you're in that for a minute, it's like, this is more stressful than like, I'm not even slowing down, you know, and we have three kids, you know, how am I going to be a parent and a husband and all this stuff. And it's just so trippy. It's like, I'm not enjoying any of it. And then we turn to things like alcohol or other, you know, things to, to kind of check us out or numb us out. And then of course, you know, the thing that worked for a minute doesn't work anymore. It's doing more harm than good. Then we're like, Oh, we got to sit. And like you said earlier, like, yeah, and now I'm alcohol free. I'm actually like feeling this tension rather than just numbing out a little bit. But I mean, you, you're a very self-aware person like yourself is dealing with this stuff. Just tell me a little bit about that process for maybe other dudes who are listening who are like, Oh yeah, man, that thing that Rich said, yeah. I experienced that or I've heard that before. And I'm, am I feeling that kind of thing? Like, how do you sit with the discomfort? Cause I always say on the show, the only way out is through, you know, mm. you can't, you know, and I, I think uh, one of the uh, great Sigmund Freud quotes was, um, you know, anything left unresolved always come back, always comes back later in uglier, bigger, grosser ways. Always. always right. At the Always. moment, we're like, oh, no, put that put that over there. We can't do that. We can't do that, which has so many implications for a family of origin, right? Because if, you know, it sounds like we grew up in a similar way, you just oh, don't talk about it. Just put it over here. It's cool. It's cool, you know. But then now we're experiencing that, right, kind of thing. So tell me a little bit about your process. You know, when did you decide to go, no, I'm going through this. I'm not going to hit the bottle. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go through it. And are you glad you did so far? Yeah. And, and you may have to ask me that again, but I think there's a really important story that I tell. It's something that's extremely clear from my childhood uh, that I think shaped a lot of how I am today. I can actually remember this, this uh, night, my dad had been drinking and um, 
he cliff notes nobody gets injured uh he was drunk he had a hammer in his hand me and my mom we, we lived in the second floor of a house we had to go out into the back porch he's like he's like well i forget what that the shining he's like literally oh, the yeah. shining the door with the hammer oh, like in a drunken man. rage yeah and uh there were neighbors next door also uh, also older black folks and i remember screaming like help like like help and the woman just like looking at us and just going back inside and closing the door Mm, I will I'm not never, getting involved. Yeah. 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 I will. I will never forget that. And uh, I think get, getting back to the actual question is, is weird how this stuff works. Uh, there's, there's, there's the sitting and going through it and there's the breaking the cycle, but there's all, there also, there's also dealing with the shame cycle, mm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. Uh, I think was a really big part of it for me and was probably the hardest part to, to get through period where it's, you know, why is, you know, why is my dad this way? And like, I, like, why are neighbors seeing, you know, this way, like police come into the house, like, this is really embarrassing jokes yeah. in school. Uh, and then I find that a lot of people who've had kind of these traumatic experiences, there's also this, there's this ongoing, like, am I good enough feeling mm-hmm. that's like baked mm-hmm. in there. And I think, Uh, You'll find that a lot of people who are extremely high achievers, and I do consider myself a high achiever, you'll find that a lot of times like they like they're they're not driven by positive outcomes. They're driven by shame and they're often driven by doing something wrong or Mm -hmm. uh, putting themselves in in a position where they uh, don't feel as valued. And so for for me, like I just got to a point where literally it was July 1st, 8, 11 a.m., Last year, where I was sitting there with a 20, 22 ounce can of steel reserve malt liquor, and I was just like, "Yo, I'm I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm freaking like I'm just I'm just I'm tired of waking up feeling this way. I'm tired yeah. of uh, getting outworked by by people because this this thing is it or these things are in my way. And this is all while I had a therapist, so you can imagine how yeah. much work had probably been done up to that point." Yeah. Uh, and it was just a conscious decision. And initially it was like dry July. And then it was like, you know what, let me keep going with this. And yeah, uh, for the, the, the sitting in it, I mean, the depth of my conversations with my therapist have, have de- definitely increased. Mm-hmm. What was also really critical at that time was uh, that I did start working with a leadership coach. He, like he literally just fell into my life and was like, Hey, I would love to start mm-hmm. working with you. I've just been seeing some of the things that you were doing. So that it actually gets into that life portfolio idea that, yeah. that, that you might have heard me talk about where uh, beyond me just kind of like sitting in and processing there are these different people or things that I have in my life that are helping keep me grounded. So when things are going low, they don't go too low. And when things are going high, you know, that they're, they're mm-hmm. also keeping me supported as well. So a big part of it for me has been actually having conversations with people, but not just people with men, with yeah. men. And it, it's, okay. it's, it, it's it's really challenging to find men to have those types just because of how we naturally operate. But right. I found that some of the most uh, impactful and helpful conversations for navigating through a lot of those feelings has been as a result of the conversations that I've had with men who've endured similar um, situations. And maybe it's not exact, but th- yeah. they've endured similar things. And that's kind of also why I started sharing more of, of this journey because I'm like, there are a lot of people out there. and I'm finding out now, Seth, I don't know what it is about mm-hmm. these past few weeks. I think I know exactly what it is, but I've had more people reaching out to me saying, Hey, I have a family member, someone like someone is struggling. I saw that like you really struggle. Like, how did you get through it? Yeah. And uh, I think that also ties to purpose, which once right. I became clear on the purpose part, 
mm-hmm. and I wasn't drinking on top of that, like things just got a lot more clear in terms of like, this is what I should be doing, what I should be, what I shouldn't be doing. Also reconnecting with values, you know, yeah. Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. I, I read that last yes. year as well. And that was mm-hmm. like a good prompt for me to reconnect. So it's been all that to say, it's been a lot of work and installing the right pieces in my life to, to, to keep me afloat and help me get through those challenges. Yeah, man, you just said so much there. I want to hit on like, okay, men. So why, and obviously you pointed that out, you know, it's not just reaching out to all these, you know, people it's like men specifically. So can we dive in? And this wasn't even in notes anywhere, but it's so rich. And I think like, us guys need to hear it because there have been times so many times when Melanie, uh, my wife has said something, said something, said something. And then some other guy in my life of authority, usually an older dude or something. And I don't even have to know them. It can be on a podcast or something like that, or, or some other real life person says the exact same thing. And I'm like, shit, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Melanie's like, I've said this for 10 years. What are you, what are you thinking? But it just hits, it hits different. You know what I'm saying? So why, why is that? Why do you think that is? And why was it important for you to hear it from other guys rather yeah. than, you know, grandmas or aunties or, you know, uh, other women in your life? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I've, it's been a habit that like a lot of my closest friends are women and mm-hmm. I think something that I've become cognizant of as well is that like there would be points where there'd be stuff that my close female friends knew that like my partner didn't know. And I'm like, that's not good. Like, that is not good. So I I think I need, and then also as people are forming their own relationships and getting seats more serious in their lives, I'm cognizant of that too. Like the emotional weight and load that I'm putting on other people when they have various Mm -hmm. things going on. So so that's a factor. Uh, I think with men specifically, and it's something that I've, probably realized a lot more so in the last few months as, I, as I've made connections with more men is that uh, when vulnerability we'll have to talk about, because that's like the first part of it. If you can't get through that, you're, you're not going to be able to have uh, these conversations and, and make that connection. But yeah. uh, like what you said, uh, it's just the, the, the words, like, like the word choice, there's something in, in the way that I know not all men word things a certain way, but, but there's certain, particularly when I'm talking to a friend or someone who has a similar lifestyle, there are certain ways that they word things mm-hmm. or, uh, certain stories that they'll talk about in a, in a way that like, I think as, as a dude, like that, yeah. that I understand because a lot of times what they're sharing with me, they're not really sharing it with a ton of other people either unless that's yeah. part of their platform yeah. but i've found that that uh that like sometimes it'll just be there'll be something there may be one word or one sentence in a 60 minute conversation and that's the one word or one sentence that i needed yeah. and i and i found that uh also when i'm talking to men it's it's tough love but i don't but i don't feel this like i don't feel the shame that i do when like <laughs> I'm talking yeah. to women and I'm sharing something. And I'm like, this sounds bad. Like I've done some like, ugh. yeah. Or, or yeah. if they say something and it sounds like extra caring, it's like, now they're like coddling me. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to feel yeah. coddled. They're like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a baby. I'm not your son. I'm not, I'm not looking for that. I think maybe, uh, maybe one of the, the things that we, we hear things differently from men rather than women is sometimes we need to get our ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? And if a woman is saying it, then just maybe that like nurturing kind of feminine thing, we, we, we receive it like that. 
but like the, the times where I've had the, the most growth in my life, and there's been a million of them, is one time when me and Melanie were going through a really hard time and our counselor, our, our therapist, just looked at me straight in the eye and he was like, what are you doing? And it was, it was shaming, but it was eye-opening because I was like, what the hell am I doing? What is this kind of thing? And it was a guy to a guy, and he was an older gentleman, someone I respected, and he was a therapist. I was like, you're exactly right. And of course, Melanie had said, what are you doing a thousand times? But there was like shame and like uh, all this stuff. But this dude was like, bro, what are you doing? Yo, and it hit. It that, hit. That you got it to a T with the except two letters instead of bro, bro, yeah. bro, what are you doing? That's... <laughs> Right. That that same and like that's all it like that's all it takes because it's like the male home like they usually know me differently. There's probably different there's things that I'm sharing with them in a different language. And yep. that bro, what are you doing? Uh or coming from a male, I accept it as as you are on such a great path. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are you doing? Like get get back on your path, man. Get back like yeah. that's how I received that like what are you doing whereas in like yeah. other context it's bro you're effing up you know right um yeah. or it i'll say when, when i've had that conversation sometimes with women in the past it, it's come off as like yeah yeah you effing up and, and i get that because a lot of times it's been related to relationship issues where i have been right. <laughs> effing up but yeah. yeah it's it's just something in the simplicity of those words i even have a friend right now who's uh deciding whether or not he's going to quit alcohol because he doesn't like the impact that it's having in his life. And uh-huh. uh, he hasn't talked to really anybody else about it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, he's talked to his therapist about it, but it's not something he's going out, going around and shouting to the world. And there are some things that like I could say to him because I've known him for a number of years and he yeah. knows me that I think if somebody else said to him, it would uh, ignite the shame train, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so this, this also makes me think of uh, this other great book, which has, I always get this caveat. I don't know why a book called wild at heart by John Eldred Eldridge. And it has a super heavy Christian bent, which is fine. But the, the thing that I really took away from that book is he talks about just the kind of innate inborn importance of another guy, another man speaking into a, another man's life and saying, like uh, reassuring, like, Hey, I know that you have what it takes. Right. So when it's like, bro, what are you doing? That's almost like implied, like rich, I know you got what it takes to go kick ass and build all this stuff. What are you doing? Why are you wasting this? You, you got what it takes. You can do this kind of thing. And in that book, I read that book like four times in four weeks. Right. (laughs) Because I was like, I have never heard of this before. And a lot of, you know, we talked about family of origin stuff, you know, maybe we didn't get these certain things from our dads, you know, or, or from our uncles or the, or the men in our life because they had their own stuff. Because guess what? You know, generationally, their dads had their own stuff and their dads had their own stuff. Yeah. And fundamentally, I believe as a therapist and a person, all of us are trying to do the best we can with what we have at the moment, right? Barring some sort of, you know, like chronic mental illness or, you know, like serious mega stuff. Most of us just like, yeah, if I have the tool, you know, if I have a screwdriver and it's a Phillips head, then I will use that. I'm not going to use a hammer just because I'm an idiot kind of thing. It's like, I want to do its best. You know what I'm saying? So um, 
uh, just, th- just the fact like, oh, I know somebody else, another strong man that I respect believes in me. I'm going to use that as fuel to believe in myself. Right. And sometimes we don't get that, but that, I think that's why one of the, one of the reasons there's a whole, you know, dozen of them, uh, that men hear things from men differently and it just hits more, not in a shaming way, but it's like encouraging. It's uplifting. It's like, Oh man, you're right. It's almost like a, it's almost like shining a flashlight on some, on a part of us that we don't see, but we know is there. It's like, yeah, it's, it's there somewhere. Yeah. I have no idea how to get it, but this other dude does. Okay. If he sees it, then I can see it. Let me work on that. Let me think about that. Let me do some work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can put it in a, a broader context that I think it'll make sense to you and, and perhaps for a lot of listeners based off of their own listening habits. But mm-hmm. even if you look at, content that's considered in the bucket of personal development, which mm-hmm. personal finance, even just kind of career advice and, and an approach that's like helpful, like leading someone along that type of content tends to over index on women. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that I've had for like, so my audience for my podcast is like 75% women. And it's, it's yeah. been like that for a number of years. And I've talked to other folks who talk about content that's in the, that's in the sphere of personal development. Mm-hmm. And that content tends to index over-indexed toward women because of the, the approach of that content. Whereas uh, I find that uh, men often gravitate to, like they'll gravitate toward the more the more bravado shows where it's more about like power. And that's what yeah. I mean by like those different words, like some of those different word choices, like power, yeah. performance, you know, uh, strength, control, being yeah. the boss. So there's, there's even a difference, I think, in wording that's in a, uh, perhaps based off of gender, whatever it may be that that plays into how things relate. And I've always found that fascinating because I've because I'm like, how do I get more men to listen yeah. to this? And a yeah. part of what I realized is that I have to change my language. Ah, okay. Do you think that you were choosing your language on purpose around that to be like, okay, I want to like appeal to to everyone, or like, have you been have you been Recently, I heard a, a redefinition of the word authentic. And of course, that's a buzzword. Oh, be authentic and all this stuff. But somebody said, you know, the, the core of authentic comes from author. So you can author whatever you want to. And then if, if you're authoring who you are and it's coming from the heart, then you're being authentic kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a different way to hear that. Huh? Okay. That, that hit. And I don't know if it was from a guy or girl, but I was like, okay, that, that resonated, you know? So in, in your like content creation, your platform, have you been doing that on purpose or do you feel if you tweaked it a little bit, you would get back to more of who you are? Uh, That's a fantastic question because it also ties to just some of just my overall life experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. I dealt with bullying when I was younger I was like the weird thing where uphill were, 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 the, were the lower income homes and then down the hill were like the lower middle class homes. And it's kind of like the whole train track thing divide. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I wasn't exactly wealthy. I also was like one of the only black kids in like the down the hill neighborhood. And so like I wasn't yeah. wealthy to the kids up the hill. I was. And so there was bullying and a lot of time where I felt excluded. So my thing is. I don't want anyone to feel that way. So my thing is to make everyone feel included, to make everyone, to try to make everyone feel safe, to take the, like, you can do it soft approach. There's also a little Mm -hmm. bit of like the, uh, the pleaser in there where like not wanting to offend. And 
in the process of doing that, I think what I realized is that the the truest version of myself has taken a, a back seat because I've had to accept, you know, when I do um, the uh, Gallup Strength Finder, like like competition is is my number one driver. Like I'm I'm an athlete. Like I, I love competing. I love performing. I love competing against self. I love competing yeah. against others. Uh, and uh, there's a lot more direct language that I would normally use that I found that. I wasn't using via my mediums and I kind of got to a point where I was like, man, like this isn't like, like I, I love talking about this topic. I love this mm-hmm. audience that, that I've built. And I know a lot of people subscribe to, to this approach, but like I'm on a different level right now. Like there's I'm, yeah. like the, the way that I'm thinking about performance and the way that I'm thinking about moving through life it's much more coach inspirational than kind of like the soft, like, Hey everybody, we can do it. Yeah. And it, it even took, there, there was like a period in my head where I was like, is that bad? And that's where you get into your therapist, you know, that like good versus bad thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. is, is making anyone feel excluded a bad thing? And I yeah. think part of, <laughs> and I think that making people feel excluded, I can't make people feel anything, you know? Right. Uh, um, yep. Well, that's not completely true, but you, you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. I can't. But you, you can do, you can, you can do certain things that create a feeling in other people, right? right. Like, you, I, I can't, we can't make people do anything, just like people can't make me do something, but they can do something that creates a feeling in me, right? So yeah, yes. that, that's a big thing. We could talk about that all day, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it, that, that there's even some abandonment in there. It, it's crazy, man. Like, like there's yeah. even some abandonment where, you know, people talk about like losing followers, but that was a big thing for me. Is like, I don't want to lose people. I don't want people to like leave me, like walk away from me. You know, I previously yeah. had a you know co-host and then it's like, you know, like once that dissolved, it's like, okay, like I hope people don't leave me and like just that. And, and yeah. I've seen that show up in different aspects of my life. And I think I'm starting, starting to gather control is a, is a loaded word, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a sense of like how all these different factors impact the way that I uh, portray myself online. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I think right now I'm probably as authentic as I've ever, authenticity is actually my number one value. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that I'm probably as authentic as I've ever been. And what I've also learned though, is that now I'm starting, I'm starting to like see drops in my audience in different pockets mm-hmm. as my language changes, as I step into, you know, what I'm doing on the competition front, there are people who are leaving. And I think a year ago it would have been like, Oh man, like they don't like me. Like, yeah. what am I doing yeah. wrong? Yeah. But yeah. I've also learned that when you, and, and I've even taken this away from Dave Ramsey, that like when you're intentional about your message and your purpose and you're unapologetic about who you are, people are yeah. bound to jump off the train. People are bound right. to not like you. People are bound to feel strongly. In fact, now when I see people dropping off, I'm like, okay, that means I'm saying something enough to at least move people in one direction or the other. Ah, you know? That's right. And, you know, think about it this way. Okay. Like, you know, like, energy kind of universe wise. Okay. That person dropped off. Now there's space for the new person to come in who won't miss a show who will be like, you know, really take these things to heart. So like, you know, like thousand true fans or whatever. Yep. But man, this is, this is so trippy. Like, and I know, I know you got to go here in a minute. So we, we, this is like part one for real. This is like part one of a couple of conversations, but in reading this book, I was writing out stuff. Um, like, wait a minute. 
Because the same, I'm an Enneagram nine, and some of the things that you said, you're like, dude, is, are you are you gonna Enneagram nine? In uh, some of it, you know, like conflict, you know, like people pleaser stuff like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, being I can't be all things to all people. That just ends up me being like, okay, well, who the hell am I? Kind of thing, and I'm unhappy. So as I'm narrowing this down, like, okay, yeah, we'll lose people, but we'll gain the right people, and that's who, like, okay, that the message is going to hit. That's going to be the people who get help the most rather than these other folks. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's tons of shows that I've listened to for a long minute and then they started going this way. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, unsubscribe, whatever. It, thank, thanks for the wisdom, you know, that I gleaned from that, you know, in the times yeah. we were together, whatever. It's, it's almost like a relationship, you know? Okay, there's good stuff, but well, it's just not working anymore. Yeah, so, new season. Okay, whatever. New, new season, season right? Yeah. Right, and then being able to dive into who we are uh, as, as people, what our purpose is, you know, showing up as our true authentic selves. And, you know, that's a journey, right? And I, dang it, I know you got to go. And like half the stuff that I had in the notes, I'm like, oh, we'll talk about this and hit this. We didn't even talk about, but this has been so awesome. I want to leave, leave a minute for, for people who like, okay, Rich, he's cool. I want to know more of what he does. Where can people find all that stuff about you? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram at I am Rich Jones. That's uh, the, my personal account, but also where, and we didn't get to really talk about this. I'll be chronicling yeah. my journey to uh, getting back on track. So uh, a long time ago, back in college, I was a long jumper uh, in track nice. and field. And uh, every day since that season, that senior season ended pretty much with an injury, I've thought about returning to the track literally every day. Nice. And with uh, alcohol out of the picture and some other moves I've, m- I've made in my life, I've created the space to finally pursue this dream. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be spending the next year training to get back in track and field shape to uh, compete during the outdoor season and to compete at the USATF Outdoor Masters Track and Field Championships uh, in the long jump again. So reviving a dream. So you can follow that inspiration, motivation, also some yeah. personal fun stuff, the full range of my personality there. And then uh, if you are interested in the personal finance, career development related content, you're thinking about getting out of debt or into a new job, follow at Paybalances, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also visit paychecksandbalances.com. And uh, once I create more space, there will be a uh, Paychecks and Balances YouTube channel as well. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're super busy. You're out doing a million things. You're going to Hawaii tomorrow. So you got to probably go pack and get all ready and stuff like that. But thank you so much for taking this time. Like for real, I want this to be part one because I want to yes. dive in, you know, part two to just continue this conversation um, and track and field stuff. That's awesome. Uh, that makes me think I've, yeah, it's like, okay, Seth, what have you been wanting to do since you were 18? See? You know, see, yeah. that is, yeah. that is, and, and I'll, I'll leave it with this because part of what I realized with the track and field, that there was this, there was even a shame about like, I fumbled this, I, like I let 15 years go by. And part yeah. of what I realized is this was supposed to happen now. And this isn't just about me competing and jumping a certain distance. This is about the way it's, this is the most authentic way that I can inspire people while, while doing something that I love. And even for you to be like, man, like what, like, what can I do? Like, that is exactly what I want. And and that tells me that it actually gives me chills to hear you say that. Cause I'm like, that, that is the the biggest single reason that I'm, that, that I'm doing it. Yeah. It's your big leap. It is. Right. Long jump, big leap. Yo, yo. Uh, that's crazy. Yes. yes, I love that. That's but, awesome. But I, man. but I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate you giving me the platform because this is the stuff that I, I really love talking about. 
yeah, for real, part two or even part three, I'd love to have you back on. Um, we'll connect, you know, way later after you get back from Hawaii and stuff like that. But Rich, thank you so much. You guys go check out his stuff. Get inspired. Get out of debt. Get get authentic. Um, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Later. <laughs>